0: Welcome to Machine Learning, okay I want to ask the, answer the question of uh, why should you invest in fast growth companies during a periods of high inflation or recession? And the reason is is that uh, fast growth companies manage better, and because they have a niche market. They continue to perform better than the stable companies. I think the 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 fear is a big factor for people to flee innovative companies that are growing quickly during a recession or during periods of high inflation. But in actuality, they are doing really well. These companies have a good product. Customers will continue to buy those products and they will continue their growth even during recession or during inflation so abandoning a um uh, a company that is growing unless there is not logical even you might even say well you know there could be a higher risk maybe the company will run out of funds and there is that possibility So you have to look at the financials of the company to decide whether or not their cash flow, their product offerings will continue to have strong demand, and uh, they will be able to get the financing they need to continue their growth. But given that they can do those things, why not stay with those fast growth companies? And Because they are more efficient. And so the idea of fleeing a growth-oriented company during recession inflation is actually a product of just sheer fear, and it's under the assumption that a stable company will produce perform better than a a growth-oriented company during these these uh, business cycles. And I I think that the reasoning behind that is maybe go back to the way when we, we invest in bonds. So when bond prices are climbing you're buying uh you know, you're willing to sell your bonds at a higher price and take a profit. When bond prices are dropping you're holding on to uh you're you're looking for bonds that can acquire higher yield. So, the price is dropping, and then the yield is going up so then you're you're looking at uh income based investment versus asset appreciation based investment and we were talking about that the other day about um, in the seventies and eighties when interest rates were extremely high, you could get a, a uh, CD that was producing between 11 to 18%. Now, I was invested in a bank, and I moved uh sprinkler pipe. But I took my money and put it in CDs. And at one time, I had one CD that had was making 11% interest. And I think it doubled in three years. It doubled its value in three years. And that's when you could lock into a certain interest rate. And, you know, I didn't realize at the time that interest rates were typically around 4 to 5%. And so getting 11% was just amazing. And I wanted to roll all my certificates into this higher percentage certificate. You know, we've gone through almost 20 years of low interest rates where, you know, the. Um, money supply has just increased tremendously, and now we have inflation. And so, I think the reversal will be as as bond prices drop and yields increase, that you can move back to a period, maybe to these periods where you're you're making money off interest. And so, um, but then you know, then you're then that becomes kind of this mode that people get into when they're afraid, when there's lots of fear, is to move into cash flow or fixed income investments and abandon the uh, faster growth investments. And my brother-in-law did point out to me that he did have a 18% investment in a uh it was like almost like a savings and loan they they had it wasn't federally insured and so he was making 18 percent then he decided well they dropped the percentage down and he moved his money to a different bank and uh and then shortly after that the the uh entity went bankrupt so he could've lost all his money, but he was fortunate that he had moved it and got it under federally insured bank uh security insurance and my investment was that way you know I had it in uh you know I was a young kid, but I had it in a uh federally insured bank for security and at the time, I didn't really understand money that well. And I was thinking, well, what does it mean to be insured? Why do they insure the money? And then I read about the Great Depression and the money run on the banks and people losing their money and how they wanted the government to ensure that the banks had money. And so they they came up with an idea of an insurance policy, basically, that if there were insufficient funds by the bank that the government would provide those additional funds as a form of a insurance payout. So that was part of the burden of the bank is to provide an insurance to cover the investment. So you invest your money and the bank then takes that money and loans it out to uh, businesses who need money. And while they loan that money out, Uh, if you need to withdraw your investment, then they have a fractional reserve, which you can draw upon. But if everyone was drawing on that fractional reserve, they wouldn't have enough, and so that's where the insurance policy kicked in, is that you could then uh, depend on the government to uh, make that payment. Now, it didn't say how long it would take And so I do recall in 2008 that there were some runs on the bank and
1: there were delays
0: in people acquiring their money. So probably like any insurance payment, you have to kind of fight with the insurance company to get a payment. I remember when uh, I had a car accident, another uh, vehicle had a a tire come off and it hit my car and damaged it totaled the car and uh, had to wait quite a while for the bank the insurance company to make a payment and when they paid me it was not very much money and so I you know wanted to contest that and I wanted more money and it took a long time before they settled and said oh we're not going to you know give you what you're asking for we're just going to give you $3,000 and that was it well, you know, there's probably some forms of that type of thinking where your insurance payout may not be 100%. Maybe it's only a certain percentage um, that can be paid out at a certain time. And so there might be delays in terms of getting your full full amount of money out. But, uh yeah. And so the the idea is that uh, that you can still make money in a recession and during periods of high inflation by staying with the fast growth companies, because it is a myth that moving to a more stable company is going to earn you more money over the long run during these business cycles what happens is it's actually a form of inefficiency caused by fear where you move from a more efficient, better-producing, better-performing investment into a poorer-performing investment because uh, that's what the herd is doing or that's what the group is doing. And so it's better to study the data, study the management, uh understand the products, why people are buying the products and and invest in them. I remember with Walgreens, for example, when they first came out, their stock was seemed to be very expensive. But I, I thought, well Walgreens is gonna is really growing fast. Um, I wonder if they'll be around in twenty years or so. Or if this is just kind of a, a beginning phase. And Today, you look at Walgreens, and they provide a lot of the pharmaceutical for the gray hairs and the aging generation, and, you know, they're still here, and their their financial model is very solid. They had solid growth then. They have solid growth now, and they continue to uh, have really great real estate locations for people to get their pharmaceuticals. Uh, and that's a case again where that was a very high, fast growth, well-performing company, and just due out of fear at, at the time, you know, didn't remain invested in that company. So uh, those are some of the things that you know you want to think about as you're you're uh, you're, you're debating that question, and so. As you look at the question um, let's see just one second pull up the note here uh the question is why do investors avoid innovation and growth oriented companies well growth companies are safer than other business because they have solid management strong brands and loyal customers Therefore, in a recession, customers may not increase their spending, but they will still buy from the company that has the great reputation, and that company will still earn profits. That's the main point that I wanted to make. Um, it also is interesting to note that the growth companies outperform other businesses during the bull market. So during a bear market, they continue to still perform well, and in the bull market, they perform even better than the companies around them. So, you know, think of stocks as kind of a race. They're still running pretty fast uh, during a recession, but during this period where they get their second win, they run even faster in the bull market. During a financial crisis, growth companies outperformed the broader market by a wide margin. The S&P 500, which was given an average return of 4 Percent during the previous five years had a negative return of 37 percent during the financial crisis. However, the Russell 1000 growth index, which had been given a return of 12 percent per year during the previous five years, managed to give a positive return of 11 percent during the crisis. So, there we go. I mean, if you're just not looking at individual stocks but you're looking at indexes, you're going to perform better with these uh, high performing stocks.